0: Featuring the littlest Avenger, this one's easy to forget. It exists somewhat outside the realm of the main storyline of the MCU, a low-stakes heist from a guy who hates the world's favorite superhero. It introduces a Cold War superhero from before the days when heroes are a major celebrity as he passes the torch to a criminal trying to right his wrongs. It also introduces a little thing called the Quantum Realm. You know, the thing that saved half the universe? Of all the genres the MCU had yet featured, science fiction, fantasy, war, espionage, space epic, we hadn't yet had a genuine buddy comedy. With the writing team of Adam McKay and Paul Rudd, what other type of movie would Ant-Man be? Well, as it turns out, a pretty thrilling heist movie as well. If you're talking chill on the couch, don't think of it type of movie. Ant-Man ranks pretty freaking high. It's not tense like Winter Soldier. It doesn't inspire hope like Iron Man. But it is what it is. A really fun movie and the first true comedy, the MCU. Thanks for coming back to the Wrong Opinion MCU Rewatch. Jay Clark here. Got Josh once again. Say hey, Josh. Hey, Josh. BJ made that same joke and he thought it was so funny. You guys are all the same. So Ant-Man it's hilarious. It's fun. What do you think about it? Uh, I thought it was hilarious. It was fun. No, yeah. I thought
1: I thought it was uh, like you said, kind of opened the door to the first to the comedy realm in MCU um, movies. Started making movies funny. It had a lot of potential. It was both really good and disappointing at the same time in my eyes. Interesting. But, But yeah, overall, really good movie. Fun one. Fun one to watch.
0: When you're talking like comedy in the MCU, obviously it starts like Iron Man was the first like really funny Marvel movie in general.
1: Guardians of the Galaxy came out in 2014, and this came out in 2015.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we've
1: been saying that we've been saying that this really kicked off the
0: comedy film, but I would argue that Guardians of the Galaxy probably kicked off the comedy. Guardians of the Galaxy is a very funny movie, and it really inserted comedy more like, Like, as an intrinsic part of the movie, more than any movie before it. But if you're labeling that a genre, it's not a comedy film, right?
1: I would, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Like, if if you're just saying this is
0: one movie, that's a space epic, right? It's a funny space epic. This is a comedy, right?
1: Yeah. I would, that makes sense because that is funny. I think Guardians of Galaxy personally is funnier, but it had more epic. It's got the tropes, right? It's got the comedic tropes.
0: Like, you know, tropes of an actual comedy movie, not just like funny parts in a, in a superhero movie. It, it's basically a comedy movie featuring a superhero. Uh, and they they really lean more into the comedy as we go on in the MCU, probably peeking around Ragnarok. And then even Infinity War and Endgame, despite being super tense and super serious and important, they were still really, really funny. And then they kind of swung too far with like Love and Thunder. I oh, didn't yeah. enjoy that one. Yeah, Let's pick some awards though.
1: Okay, I'm gonna go with uh, missed opportunities. I oh, think it's a fun yeah. one to
0: start with. I feel like we always like that's always one of the later ones. So that's a fun one to start with. I like it.
1: Yeah, um, I think that the biggest missed opportunity is not making a movie about Hank Pym and the original development of the Ant Man suit.
0: Okay. I would
1: have, I would have loved to see a little bit more backstory into that and have like you know where Hank Pym has that kind of exposition where he's talking about how uh his wife died uh, according to him at that point in time you know yeah that would have been really I think that would have been a really really cool movie to see that all happen and it end like that because I I mean I don't think that there are enough movies that end on sad notes and I, I I honestly it sounds weird but I love those movies that end like where you win but you also lose, you know? Yeah. But I, th- I think that would have been a really cool thing to to see, or even even as we move forward to have a prequel where we see Hank Pym in the past create the suit and go through kind of what, what it's like to almost be a quote-unquote superhero at that time.
0: Yeah, I'm on your side if you're talking prequel, because it would totally be like like the like Star Wars prequels, you know, like Revenge of the Sith, where you know how it's going to end and you know it's going to be tragic, but you just want to see how it gets there. So that I, I didn't even think about that, but that would be really cool. But kind of dipping into useless trivia, obviously uh, Hank Pym was the original Ant-Man in, uh like the first Ant-Man in the comics. And he was one of the original Avengers, like one of the OGs even before Captain America. And they wanted to they were going to use him instead of Scott Lang just because, you know, he's the main one. Of course, you're going to go with him. But he just had so many like poorly aged things about him. He had a lot of like mental like he hit his wife in one in one comic and that made it like a little bit famous, so they were just kind of wanted to, to avoid that storyline altogether, which you know makes sense. Whatever, obviously could have just not included that storyline, that'd be fine. But this was in production since like two thousand and four, uh, obviously before the MCU by Edgar Wright, and then once the MCU started popping around, he wanted to um make it like unique, like separate from the MCU, and Marvel didn't want that at all. They're like done making. Movie's not in the MCU. So Edgar Wright stepped away. They still used a little bit of the script, but totally changed everything, including using Hank Pym and deep, delving deeper into his backstory. Um, that was, I, I definitely digress there, but I really like the idea of having some kind of prequel. I think it would definitely be better as a prequel rather than like if they would have started with Hank Pym, you know, in the past before this movie. Yeah, I, guess,
1: I guess you are right. That would, But either way, I think it would have been. I think it was a missed opportunity to not have that story in there at some point.
0: I've I've got three missed opportunities. Um, first off, Mitchell Carson, he's the guy that pin punches in the face at the beginning, so he makes out with some pin particles at the end, and then it's never mentioned again. They actually filmed a, a like a a closure kind of scene just in case Feige ended up wanting it, but then he decided to leave it ambiguous. Just let him get away with particles, so they like have the option the the option to delve into it later. But they never did. That's kind of a missed opportunity. Just, you know, some guy, super powerful pin Don't know what you're going to do with them. But I, I think the biggest missed opportunity with this, the kind of, Yellow Jacket, Darren Cross was kind of like an amalgam of different characters. And I really, like this villain totally sucked. He was not engaging at all. I didn't like him at all. The fact that they did that made an, a new, boring character instead of using an exciting, established villain. Especially somebody like Justin Hammer. Justin Hammer would be a great fit for this movie in that place. What do you think about that? I know you like I, Justin Hammer.
1: I didn't even think about that, but that would have been absolutely awesome.
0: Yeah, totally would have fit, right?
1: Yeah, especially cuz when we talked about Iron Man 2, we talked about how a missed opportunity was not using Justin Hammer more. Yeah. In future movies. And that would have been such a cool like to see him like get out of jail and the yeah. first thing he does was, you know, again similar thing where he's not necessarily trying to be a villain but ends up becoming a villain that would have been that would have been
0: awesome i mean it would have been rehashing the same story basically but like you know it's fine they would do the same story all the time and it's not like he would have to break out of jail even like it's been five years since iron man 2 he probably wouldn't be in that much trouble for what he did in iron man 2
1: yeah, he probably he didn't, could just get out on parole or something. Like, yeah, it like he it maybe he does a year
0: to... or two, but he, he like, yeah, he didn't you know, kill anybody or whatever. Uh, and then my last missed opportunity, the fact that they didn't end the movie with Scott whacking Yellow Jacket into the bu- the bug zapper, just that anti- <laughs> anticlimactic. <laughs> that would have been so, so funny. I don't know if <laughs> that's a real missed opportunity because it would have been a really disappointing ending, obviously, but that would have been really, really funny.
1: That would have.
0: Uh, I'm going to go with the... Let's go to Captain Marvel award for the character that inexplicably didn't help save the world. So I think this movie is really important for making that award like not exist anymore in the MCU. Because you could you could kind of say any of the Avengers, right? Like they should have helped out. But this is really the first movie that where they start to mention why the movie that we're watching is a solo movie. Like Hank doesn't trust Stark or the rest of the Avengers. So they're not there. It's like boom. Like, I, like we don't, they're not going to be in the movie because that character doesn't want them there. And then Far From mm-hmm. Home kind of did that too pretty well. But especially in phase two, even a little bit in phase one, that was kind of an issue of like, where are all these other superheroes? So that was kind of a backwards way of saying that there is no Captain Marvel award because they handled it so well in this movie. Do you agree?
1: Yeah, I agree. I wanted to give this award to Hope Pym so badly because I just don't like her very much. What? I don't know. It's it's nothing wrong with the character. I just like I don't I don't like looking her at her face, I guess. Especially <laughs> okay. especially that haircut. I don't know. Oh uh, yeah,
0: I did not like the haircut. They were smart to get rid of that for the second one.
1: Yeah, I don't know why. It's just it's one of those things that you just you know, you look at somebody and you're just like, You're gross, get out of my yeah. face. Yeah,
0: it's very nineties like fashion mogul or something.
1: Okay, what age is the best and what ages the worst? What age is the best? Is Paul Rudd? I think we can just say that Paul Rudd. He doesn't age. Um, yeah, yeah. That's that's gonna be actually uh, my what age is the best? It, it's a really stupid answer, but I was gonna I'm gonna say this whole movie. Um, I like this movie, and I just every time I watch this movie, honestly, I just kind of like it more. I think it fits. The more I watch it, the more it fits into the MCU. The whole you know scheme of the mcu and i think every time i watch it it just it makes more sense it fits in better i like it more
0: um yeah like we can, we're gonna talk about the age of ultron award like what gets better when you see later movies but in general this movie ages really really well because it's got that it's got like a lot of timeless comedy because again it's it's adam McKay and, and paul rudd to like comedy gurus from the, from the mid-2000s when comedy really peaked in that kind of era transcendent time so it's just going to be a movie that ages really well i I don't have an answer for ages poorly and yeah the comedy ages really well i i I talked about that earlier also like plot wise just the anti-avengers like sentiments because we hadn't really seen that before this is the first time we kind of see like somebody that doesn't like the avengers or somebody that doesn't like tony stark who's not a bad guy you know and that comes up later and later or like you know bad guys appear because they don't like you know, Tony Stark. I guess that happened before, but whatever. Uh, but I have nothing for wages poorly. <laughs> I, I don't think yeah. anything.
1: No, honestly. I mean, I was going to try and make up something on the fly just to have an answer. But yeah, there's I, I don't really yeah. think there's anything that age. Poorly.
0: Yeah, I, I usually avoid like PC based age poorly kind of things with this because, you know, that's just tastes and whatever. Um, But I kind of figured that be at least one like off color joke that seven years later, they'd be like, oh, you know, maybe not. Um, but there wasn't even that. It's just good, good age- ageless comedy. Uh, i'm gonna go I'm gonna go off of that because I'm excited to talk about this one. The Age of Ultron Award for this was way cooler after seeing the next five movies. The obvious answer is the quantum realm, like getting into the quantum realm because we had no idea how big it would be, right. It kind of felt like a McGuffin in this movie. And then we knew the next one would be to, uh, like getting um Janet from the quantum realm, Hanks Hank's wife. But then, you know, by 2019, it's what saves the universe, right? Right. Yeah. So I got a lot cooler after seeing the next, next few movies. What do you got? Yeah. Uh,
1: no, I, I agree. The quantum realm. And I think that's only obviously going to get cooler as uh, the next Ant-Man movie comes out, which I'm very, very excited for. Because, I mean, what what are your thoughts on this next Ant-Man movie? Do you think it's really... I think this movie is really going to be kind of what kicks off the next... Obviously, it's going to kick off King as being then the next big villain but i think it's gonna i am assuming that this next movie this next ant-man movie is really gonna change kind of the the tide of the way the mcu has been filming i think it's gonna be a a new tone that we haven't seen in a while and i'm excited to see what happens
0: yeah because we haven't really had like a like a overarching plot for the the multiverse saga yet right like there was a couple like multiverse incidents but nothing that like brought other movies together if you know what I mean kind of like mm-hmm. you know like Avengers led to the next movie Winter Soldier led to Age of Ultron um, and they all like tied together we, like there's been a lot of independent movies for phase four and and, and Quantumania it's going to kick off like where we're going for the next what four or five years so I'm I'm really excited for this movie and I usually avoid trailers but when they're in if I'm watching in theaters I'll watch it because it's usually the shortened trailer. And it looks really freaking good. I'm ready for yeah. it.
1: Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go with the poorly aged CGI. And I know I'm picking all the easy ones that are easy to answer, but what about Comics 90?
0: Yeah, you just, yeah, so, honestly, you're picking all the ones that are like, I don't have a good answer for this one. You're just like getting those out of the way early.
1: Good, because I don't have a good answer for some of the other ones.
0: Okay. Uh, uh,
1: poorly aged CGI. Oh man, the the scene where Scott, First puts on the suit. I think that that's not a very good scene. But that stupid rat! That rat doesn't look realistic at all. It's the stupidest <laughs> looking rat in the world. It, it just makes me so angry.
0: and Yeah, then I don't remember just, that so sound,
1: The rat sounds like a dinosaur. It looks like a painting. I don't know. that is it that's terrible CGI. Come <laughs> on, MCU, you can do better. So than
0: the just the rat. Did you like the ants? Do you think the ants look good? Because that's another. <laughs>
1: Well, no, but I don't know how you can make an ant look I mean, the ants looked a heck of a lot better than the rat.
0: I'll say that. But <laughs>
1: the ants oh. looked believable at least.
0: I just came up with a question that didn't need to be asked, so I'm gonna just steal this from the other section and go back to uh uh back to CGI. Do you think that rat is the same rat that saved Scott Lang? from the quantum realm in Endgame, thereby saving the entire universe.
1: Wouldn't that be something?
0: Yeah, like he smelled his scent, and he spent like a lifetime trying to get back to Scott Lang. And then, you You know, know, eight years later, he finds him in the quantum realm.
1: You know, rats are pretty smart. You can train them to do some cool stuff. (laughs) I wonder wonder what the life expectancy is of a rat. Would that even be possible for it to live that long?
0: This is important information, so I'll look it up.
1: I feel like they live pretty long.
0: How long? Oh, wait, I have Alexa. Alexa, how long do rats live? Like a year or two years. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. That's insane. Uh, for a poorly CGI, I really like I think this movie didn't have a lot of there's obviously like the shrinking and then like the, the bigger things, but that's not like they're not like generating images with that. They're just you know taking and putting it onto what already exists. And then, you know, that's been around for 20 years. So how are you going to screw that up. So mo- most of this movie looked pretty good because it was either practical or, or, you know, uh, what I just said. But I think the shrinking could have done could have been done really, really poorly. But they kind of like slowed it down, slowed down the visuals when he shrunk. So it, it kind of avoided making it look too realistic. It kind of looked surreal as he was going down. And th- that's the problem with CGI a lot is when they try to make it too realistic, but they don't quite nail it. And then it hits that uncanny valley where the more realistic you get, the creepier it looks. But because they made it look so surreal, I think it looked pretty good. So that's, I, I again, don't have an answer. I think the one thing that could have been really, really bad, I think looked good.
1: This is definitely in the golden
0: age of the MCU from obviously, you
1: know, from pretty much Avengers to Avengers, where there's, it's hard to find complaints in some of these movies because they were just made so well.
0: So. Yeah. there There's some stuff that like when you saw it, like age of ultra I talked about this last week it looks so good when it came out and then i i saw it um a few days obviously a few days ago and the opening scene looks so unrealistic it looks like a video game it's 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 weird how quickly cgi ages um but it's also like when it regresses really bad like it did the last couple years of the mcu like that troll dude in eternals like how do you make it look that bad when it's looked so good for so years i don't
1: (laughs) yeah right or the
0: uh, black widow just that whole movie <laughs> yeah the, the helicopter scene uh, yeah. um that's like the least cgi movie in the entire mcu2 nobody has superpowers yet yeah, it's the worst looking cgi but anyways, right whatever now let's let's we, i just mentioned the eternals let's do the eternals award for could this have been a limited series uh, i'm going to go farther and say it would have been a limited series if it came out today Cause it's really grounded. It's got very, very low stakes and it doesn't really fit into the main storyline. It brings in a new character who doesn't have a direct connection to the main storyline. Um, and that's, you know, what Moon Knight and, and Ms. Marvel, what they've been doing. Uh, the only real connection is when, like to the real MCU is when uh, Lang asks Pym why they don't just call the Avengers. And then Scott doesn't even fight the real, the full Avengers. It, it's just Falcon. It's kind of like in crossover episodes of TV when they can't afford, like, the main cast. So they bring, like, (laughs) the ninth man. It's like, yeah, you go over here so we can connect the universes, but we're not going to have, like, Jerry Seinfeld. You know? Yeah. What do you think? Could it have been a limited series?
1: Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, it did have aspects that could have been a limited series, but my only concern about this being a limited series is, like you said, the plot wasn't, like, it wasn't an overly dramatic or an overly complex plot and i don't know how they would have been able to stretch that over stretch that out over eight seasons even if they are eight episodes even if they it, changed eight it seasons? up a little bit even how if limited they, is this
0: series <laughs> that's kind of what ms marvel was like if you take just the important bits of ms marvel it could have been a movie right but they stretched it out to, and and they did a little more character development and they had writing that made it uh very comedic and with again mckay and and Rudd writing it would have been mostly comedy with you know a couple episodes that are a little bit more serious yeah i I don't know
1: it probably could have been i i think i still prefer it as a movie i don't know if i would have liked liked it as a i think i think you're trying to you're trying to stretch it too thin there and then you're filling it in with too much useless comedy i think and i don't know
0: yeah because honestly there were a couple scenes in this movie that didn't really need to be there just to get to that two-hour runtime so maybe it already was stretched more thinly than it needed to be so that's fair
1: I am up. Okay, the I am Iron Man award for best single line. Uh, One of my favorite lines in the MCU. One of the most quotable, usable, memeable lines in the world ever to be created. Uh, At the beginning of the movie when uh, Scott just gets out of jail, you know, and he's in the van. And when Luis is like, oh, yeah, you know, my, uh, my, my mom died and I lost my girlfriend and my dad got deported. But I got the van. And it's like yeah. how, like how relatable is that over the past couple of years? Like, oh yeah, World War Three started, and everybody lost all their money. Do you remember and we had a worldwide pandemic?
0: Yeah, the 2020, early 2020 memes when uh, like that. I <laughs> there was like a like a 30 page meme where you just keep scrolling. And it's like him saying, "And and 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 yeah. Trump died, and now there's murder hornets." Yeah. Yeah.
1: Michael oh, Pena
0: my- is underrated. Let's let's celebrate him for a second. Have you seen? Oh my goodness, ah uh, the the cop movie, him and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. End of watch. Yes, that's a good. The movie. fact that that is the same as this guy, he he's underrated actor. He's he's such a good actor. One of Selena's favorite
1: actors too. No kidding. That's a weird favorite actor. Selena likes stupid actors that are hilarious.
0: I gotcha. Uh, i'm going to go with a line from the trailer that totally encapsulates the movie and it made the trailer really really memorable scott says my days of breaking into places and stealing shit are done what do you want me to do pimp says i want you to break into a place steal some shit he's like okay that was
1: a that was a good line
0: yeah if you're talking about like lines that like it, boiling a movie down to a line that's the line right I'm gonna to go to the funniest moment, take a YTT award for the funniest moment because that Luis moment—that's—I that was probably my number one. I've got—I've got this movie so funny. I've got a lot I could narrow down to number one. I'm gonna run through a few of them. Let's see. Oh, the idiot at Baskin Robbins. I'm gonna get to oh, him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get to him in a, in a later section too. Uh, but that guy was so funny. The—I uh, just want something hot. What's hot? What's fresh? He—he he, he just did that so perfectly. And then right after that, when he's talking to his boss, that okay, did that boss look like he was a CGI character, or is that just me?
1: Yes, I almost had that as one of my worst guys because he just that boss looked so dumb. Yeah, like he looked but, like what he looked like when a when an actor dies and they CGI them into the next movie. That's what he yeah. looked
0: like. He looked like Steve Rogers before <laughs> the serum, in first. Avengers. Yeah, is, that's what he looked like, right? Yeah, because he yeah. had a little
1: head and a tiny little
0: body yeah but his whole he owned oh, that scene and he killed it oh this one <laughs> Uh uh scott's talking to falcon he says trying to sound cool Ho, you haven't heard of me no you wouldn't have heard of me and he just does this weird face like and that was so just the subtleties of his face motions there that just killed me he goes from like trying to sound cool to so uncomfortable in like two seconds that was so so good
1: well, I was just going to say, those are always, like, my favorite things about comedies. Or just the subtle, like, face motions and just the, the little expressions that you see. Yeah. Like, when I watch Psych, like, that's one of my favorite things to do is just watch, like, Sean in the background and something going on. Just watch watching their faces. Like, it's just one of the funniest things to do in the world.
0: That's it's- really how you know if an actor is a good comedy actor, if he's making you laugh when he's not talking. Because I think that's an issue with some actors who try to get into comedy, but they're not comedic actors. And then they like bomb. And it's like, well, that's a good actor. And it was good writing, it was a good screenwriter. How did it not work? But it just those like to, the the skill to do those faces and like the, the physicality of that and just the subtleties. It's something that a lot of actors don't have. And Paul Rudd definitely does. My favorite though is when Pim starts monologuing about how dangerous the quantum realm is. The music slows and it deepens. He's talking about how you just shrink eternally, eternally and you can never come back. And then it just cuts to Scott. Cool, if it ain't broke, whatever. Just it was such perfect timing and it was really good use of like two totally different actors. So I, I that I think that was my number one funniest moment.
1: Yeah, my funniest moment was really stupid, but I find that Jack and uh Ant-Man are fighting, and the Yellow Jacket looks at Thomas the Train coming, and it's like like he's like, Oh no! And then Thomas the Train hits him and it just pans out and just that is just How did I not like, put that? That, that is so the funniest thing in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> because like you it, and you can tell that, like, he's legitimately concerned for a second about and just, Thomas just the just Train.
0: You got to scream, like, ah! I mean, Yeah. Really, that whole scene of them fighting was really, really funny up until, like, the ending yeah. got dramatic. But, like, I will disintegrate you! Playing disintegrate <laughs> by the cure. Um, I'm going to go with pick a nit. Um, and There my are a nit, lot of nits to pick in this one.
1: There are a lot of nits. My biggest knit though, is when... The ants are taking down the entire, like electrical grid of that, the PIM, you know, whatever. Who's controlling those ants? Because somebody's got to be able to see them and control them. And the only guy that can actually see where those ants are going is on a laptop. And he doesn't know how to control his ants. The yeah. Ukrainian dude or whatever.
0: I think we're assuming it's uh scott but is he that skilled to be able to move around and control them i like it, it that's kind of that's, an issue with dr strange too where it's like you've been doing this for like two months and now you're the master of the mystic guards, just like in scott here like even like what weeks ago you we started learning how to control ants and now you can like multitask and control yeah right an army and of them
1: how's he gonna know where to direct the ants you know to take down the entire grid and all the electric electricity inside that building that's just my yeah. little nit to
0: pick yeah, Thanks. honestly, it would have made more sense if they figured out a way to do it to like code it. Like Hank was stuck in his ways like he had to do it in the ear and just control them. And then Scott's like, well, why can't we just like do it on a computer program? And then the Ukrainian dude or whatever, Russian dude, he's like, oh, I make program. And then he's controlling them. That would make more sense. It'd be it might be a little lazy, but it's way less lazier than just not explaining who's controlling them. So that's a good nit. Do you have any There's more nits you want? But- do you have any more nits? Because I've got a bunch of nits that I want to steal any you're excited
1: just about go, just go i want right. to hear your nits
0: now there's a lot of nits in regards to the logic of shrinking like how like the, the tank is in his pocket right it should be the weight of a tank right based on the fact that scott can punch with the, the 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 force of a of a real yeah size person right that's the idea that you're just yeah. shrinking the molecules but I, the, it's a superhero movie i don't care about that nit at all that's just one that we got to talk about because everybody talks about it uh to the real nits though Hank Pym sounds like such a huge freaking dork every time he's using military terms to like lead the ants. It's so cringy. I did not. <laughs> like, it was, it's so weird. I
1: didn't. I thought I don't really like him in this movie, honestly at all. I, I think he always sounds really cringy. And yeah. I think he always sounds like forced. I think no, they did. The, I mean,
0: Michael Douglas, obviously amazing. I think they did the character pretty well of being unlikable. Cause he's an unlikable character in the comics and he's not necessarily heroic at all. Right. Like, do you think he's heroic? He's trying to save his his wife, and then he's you know he's trying to save the world too. So yeah, and, and that's it's just he is. I mean, but you, you just don't get that hero- heroic vibe from him. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, you just you don't get a very authentic vibe. Like everything just feels forced about him. Like like obviously yes, the character. I just I don't know. I think the act. I think his acting was subpar in this movie for a guy okay. that gen- for the guy that generally does a really good job in a lot of his movies. I didn't really like the way he acted in this movie. <laughs> okay.
0: I think that's sometimes an issue with the older actors when they get into the MCU. They're playing totally different roles and styles than they're used to. Like Robert Redford didn't really fit into the Winter Soldier into that vibe. But he was—I still loved him, and he was really good. I don't know. Maybe I'm just biased because I love the actor so much. Um, but I—I I, liked—I liked Douglas in this one. Uh, a couple more nits. Scott's bringing out of the police station. Pym is like racing. Like you got to get out. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go if he just stayed tiny, he could have like hit under a leaf outside of the police station. No one would ever find him. What, what is the rush, man? <laughs> That's a good question. This one always bothered me. Darren is testing on sheep. She says, Oh, I thought we were doing mice. And he's like, what's the difference? And I, I understand it's supposed to make him sound like more of a bad guy. Like he's cold hearted, just a sheep. But like, logically, why would you use sheep? That's gotta be like literally <sighs> a thousand times more expensive than a mouse.
1: Right, that's you know what, what I, mean? I thought. Like when it came out, I'm like, or when I watched that, that's one of those things that I'm like, why didn't he just use a chicken? Like why do you, why do you use a? I
0: don't know.
1: I thought chicken and not mouse.
0: I thought it. Well, was, I think they I said know, mouse, but,
1: but that, that's, they they did say mouse, but
0: that's one of the nits I've had every single time I watch it, and just in general, I think Darren Cross is probably the worst bad guy in the MCU. I think I think he's even worse than Malekith because he's not interesting. There's no backstory. A good a good bad guy is either like super cool, right? Like Hela and Ronan. Or they have redeeming qualities that make you like them, like Thanos and Loki. He is neither.
1: Yeah, no, he's a. Uh, everything about him as a bad guy just sucked, and his whole backstory with Hank, like, it was so overly dramatic and just whiny almost. He's so he's so whiny about everything. Like, dude, just get over it. Yeah, know, guess, and they throw in the and they yeah they throw in the like the changed brain chemistry or whatever. Like, this it's just such a lazy way to
0: yeah it wasn't developed i think it was just lazy and like it's not affecting like are we supposed to assume that it's going to affect scott eventually but they just i don't know it it was lazy there's another moment i always think about when hope she has the mind controlling ant thing on and then she's like trying to be super it's all serious it's dark she covers the lamp with ants and then pim's like no stop like it, she's not doing anything dangerous. What are you freaking out about? It was such a bizarre scene in general. <laughs> like, did she think she was being cool or intimidating? And why was he scared? I don't, I don't get that scene. That was a really weird scene. Because you know that's it's kind gonna- of a classic scene, like somebody's like using their power and th- like like uh, X three. You know when Jean um, is breaking down the thing and holds it close, the the, the mutant, D power rising thing and holds it close to Magneto. He's like stop. That's just a classic superhero scene. But there was no danger here you're covering a freaking lamp it's good
1: probably going to burn all his little ants <laughs> oh that was my that's little nit how did how did he get those bullet ants from south america like he got a ton of those
0: there's another there's a lot of scenes where ants just come out of nowhere and where are you getting these but i don't i don't i don't know. um i think that's just one of those things that we're supposed to not think about but that's why we have this podcast uh so scott fought i got so many nits i'm sorry yeah, man because i love you so much scott fought falcon they got whatever they were looking for why did they wait why, why did scott wait till he got home to reveal that he actually got it that's something i always hate in movies like they just assume nobody speaks until the action is over you know what i mean yeah like like they're thinking like he didn't get it he just fought him for no reason that was so reckless and then Hey, I actually got it. He would have said that when he's coming out, right? I don't understand that. Last one. Yellow jacket suits up in, like, three seconds. There's no way he's going to do qu- that quickly.
1: That's what I thought about Hank in the... Or, not Hank. Uh, Ant-Man. That's, in that's the, good, too. In the, in the jail in the, cell. Yeah, in the jail cell. Like, the dude is right around the corner and he hasn't even started putting it on. How does he put it on so fast?
0: This is a ten-second countdown. I can't put pants on in ten seconds. I can put on I a whole can't freaking put suit. put on one 10 time. Seconds. Yeah yeah all right i'm gonna do the first avenger award for the best one-off character uh Luis is so so funny i love him in this movie but he's in the second one so he doesn't count as a one-off character but he needs a mention also i'm gonna throw out an honorable mention to middle-aged peggy carter because i totally forgot she was in this movie did you yeah that I, too?
1: I i don't know if i ever actually knew she was in this movie until i watched it this time
0: yeah but the uh, the the guy from Baskin Robbins that is the guy who uh, Scott makes fun of that is Johnny Pemberton he plays Bo in Superstore and he's an idiot in that show too he's so good at playing just an a, an absolute dummy <laughs> he had maybe thirty seconds of screen time in this movie but he was one of the one of the highlights who do you got for best one off character
1: uh, I don't know I could I was trying to think of a best one off I couldn't think of any characters that were in this movie that weren't in. Another movie, and I didn't think well enough to think of that guy.
0: <laughs> when I know the guy who had thirty seconds of screen time, you know that's not really a good answer for this movie. The only main characters who are in this—it's the guy who stole the vial at the end, the guy that Pim uh, punched in the face. He's not the best, and Darren Cross—I'm not picking him for anything. So, yeah, I guess my best one-off character is
1: going to be piggybacking off yours. I'm just going to say the Baskin and Robin, Baskin Robbins manager.
0: There he goes. He was pretty. He was pretty funny. I absolutely so, loved him. I, I, I was making fun of the fact that he looked like CGI, but I have no idea if he actually was. And he honestly totally could have been. We're gonna take a second and look him up. He could have been CGI'd. <laughs>
1: yeah. You think it was his real body? Jeez, I hope not. I feel bad for the guy if that, that is his body.
0: I think it is. Okay, I think he. Okay. So he does look he didn't like have... that, but in okay. when he acts, he like forces himself to look even weirder
1: okay i get that
0: okay oh he's a writer he's not really in a lot of things he's more of a writer interesting
1: i gotta think about this one i couldn't when i was watching i couldn't think uh, I, I never was able to write down a hawkeye award for most most unexpectedly inspiring moment so my way of answering it is going to be by asking you what did you think most unexpectedly inspiring moment was in this
0: movie louis saying i love it when he gets cocky as a guy who's way too cocky and thrives off that often. I uh it was vaguely inspiring for me. <laughs> this, this movie was wasn't good. particularly like MCU levels inspiring. It was good, but that was I think that no. was the that was the moment. That was the one part I was like, oh that yeah, I felt that. And that's probably the only line I've ever repeated in a um in an inspiring manner too. <laughs> so I'm gonna <giving laughs> that one. That's
1: a good one. Yeah. I will say. No, it's not inspiring, but I think my most – my favorite moment, my the most heart-touching moment, I guess you could say. It's clearly right at the end. Clearly right at the end. It's always right at the end, but where uh, Ant-Man is staying the lamp and nobody sees him, but he waves to his little daughter <laughs> with a shadow. I just that, – that just makes me smile. Yeah,
0: there you go. We might add a most heartfelt moment. We call the I Love You 3000 Award for the most heartfelt moment uh i'm gonna go with the i'm interested in how you answer this one the ragnarok award for the character cinematic peak uh i'm gonna i'm gonna let you go first because i just want to see what you say because i think mine might i think i think mine is gonna get overridden with the new movie but i'm
1: gonna say ant-man i think that this okay is that's what i said awesome I, I i was i thought i was going out on a limb saying this but i, I did I better than this i thought he was better in this movie than any other movie. And I think it's mostly because of the style of the movie, because yeah. Paul Rudd is—he's such a comedy guy, and none of the other movies that he's in are true comedies. And in this move, this movie, it is so it just fits better.
0: All of his other well, movies, he's comic relief, right? Yeah. So this is exactly. a comedy, so he's 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 yeah. shining. He's owning it, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I I'm really excited to see where this new movie goes and whether they leverage that. Or whether they really make him more of a, you know, Thor Ragnarok kind of character where it's hilarious but also deeply emotional and heartfelt. I'm yeah, really excited because because Paul Rudd can't he can definitely do that. I think Paul Rudd is one of the better actors of our age, I guess our age, our parents' age. And he's I think I'm he's old,
0: but uh, I am I'm very excited to see where that goes. I think he'd be, I think he could be multi-time Oscar winner if he went for dramatic roles. I think he's a guy who's happy with the amount of money he made and happy with doing comedies and doing fun things. He's, he's the kind of, like Sam Rockwell did most of comedy later in his life. He's like, you know, I'm going to start doing drama and he won a bunch of awards for it. I think Paul Rudd could be the same thing. And Um, that's why,
1: that's one of the reasons I love Paul Rudd so much is like, he just seems like a real down to
0: earth, like content guy where he's like i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do whatever yeah i see what you're saying he, he doesn't make waves he's everybody loves him yeah have you ever seen the the bit he does on conan uh you're gonna have to remind me i see th- it, it i think so I, you probably I, know what i'm talking about every time he's on conan it's been decades now two i think three shows of that conan hosted it has been that long uh every time he's promoting movies like we got a new trailer for the movie and then every single time it's the same clip from some random movie in 1988 of some kid falling down a hill i have not seen it you got to watch there's like a montage of, of, of like several run of, several run around and this is one of the movies where he showed a fake trailer and then just being that but yeah I, I don't usually think first outings can be peaks but i think here he shined because he was the main focus whereas ant-man and the wasp they intentionally focused more on the wasp and then he was also a little more fine-tuned there as a superhero like here, he's he's sloppy. He's masquerading. Basically, he's a superhero. He's just a cat burglar, and also like he's got kind of like an inferiority complex. I think when he teams up with the Avengers because they're all Avengers and he's just some guy, you know. Um, yeah. So I, I think he, I think he definitely peaks here, and maybe he'll peak later in the next one. We'll see. Do you think? He, I don't think anybody else really peaked. Do you? No, I don't. I mean, I don't think there are many, very many other people that
1: can peak. Obviously, uh, hope. Maybe. Obviously, hope didn't peak. She was a lot better. Uh, yeah, as I Hope time went on. Hank
0: definitely peaked later. I think you could say Louis peaked. He's a little too low level to be like, "Yo, this guy's peaking here versus here." He's a secondary character. That's I don't know. I, I mean, I guess you could say that. I would.
1: I would say Louis peaked in the second movie when really? he was run when when he's running his business. <laughs> Actually, you know
0: what? I totally forgot about that that uh, that storyline of him running his little business and just like having a panic attack because they're out of money. Yeah, he, got, you, he peeks in the second. I love You're it. You're right.
1: When he's, when he's freaking out because he got an undercarriage wash. It's, <laughs> this is so funny.
0: Uh, the, the, uh, we'll talk about the movie later. That's good. Um,
1: okay, I'm going to go with uh, cheesiest fight scene or slash best fight scene. And this was definitely, I, I mean, we already talked about it, but the end fight scene between Ant-Man and Yellow Jacket just because it was like dramatic and then all of a sudden hilarious yeah. and then all of a sudden dramatic and really stupid because yellow jacket was just ridiculous and then it was hilarious again
0: the i mean the, the, that scene was so unbelievably cheesy but it was done like almost as much for humor as for plot so it kind of worked like the fact that they undercut it so consistently with the humor kind of made it more cheesy but the fact that it was so funny made the cheesiness okay yeah. You know what I mean? It,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: The, the stakes didn't feel real. Like, th- I don't think there's any actual belief that he was going to be stuck in a quantum realm. And in, in climatic, uh, climactic moments like that, you kind of want the stakes to feel real, right? And that's kind of the trouble with this movie is that it's it's really good at mixing the comedy and superheroism, but the fact that it does that just makes it less exciting. And probably the, the reason it's going to rank a little bit lower than if I went, up like, subjectively, I would rank this really high, but objectively, it's going to be a little bit lower yeah and that, I would agree. that fighting kind of encapsulated that
1: yeah and that's kind of what i was getting at when i said at, at the beginning that i really loved it but it's also kind of disappointing because it was like i love this movie like i love watching this movie i'd watch this movie again but you know honestly in, in the grand scheme of things it's one of those ones that you know it's fun to watch it's a great movie but it, it's not it, it doesn't like pull you in all these different directions and you know cause you to sit on the front of your seat like some of these other movies will
0: yeah i think it's one of the best movies to like i don't know if you're just trying to pick a movie without like going through the entire thing if you're just like i just want to enjoy the next two hours like this is probably one of the one of the top movies just because it is so funny and it's 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 a little cheesy but it's enjoyable um yeah for best fight scenes i mean it doesn't really have that many cool fights but it's not it's not an action movie it's a heist movie so the heist action scenes are they're so fun and they're really really good at being in the genre kind of like how multiverse yeah. of madness was perfect at like emulating a horror movie like it's not an actual horror movie it's a superhero movie but it emulates a, a horror movie with the classic tropes this did that with heist films and i would say like even more so like it actually is a heist film uh, it's got you know the quick cuts the exciting music um flashbacks they they stayed to plan with with the visuals and then everything goes wrong and then they figure it out and there's a big twist to make it work like this tank is yeah. real, whatever he said. is really good at that.
1: Yeah, I love the high scene where he's stealing the suit and then putting it back. I, I love watching Scott actually be able to show off his skills because yeah. like you said in, in some of the later movies, like he does kind of have an inferiority complex where he doesn't really get to show off his actual skill, skill case. Yeah, or, do you ever see him that like his,
0: that's his true skill is burglary. Does he ever show that again in the entire franchise? I don't.
1: Not that I. Not that I can think of and yeah i it's it's such a it, disappointment because that like that's very useful and would be a very cool skill to highlight but they it's almost like they f- try to force him to be too much of a superhero and yeah it's too close way, to, like some of these other ones
0: it's the same way like we never see tony after what well, like iron man 2 2 or 3 we never see him like tinkering and, and, and being the engineer and that that's the thing that like made him who he is, and it's just kind of a shame that you lose in superhero movies because you got to make him more of a superhero, which is fine, but yeah. And that, oh, actually, I had one more point with that. Uh, the best fight scene because I kind of cheated there by saying it's not a real fight, so yeah, whatever. But the best fight scene is by far Ant Man bursting out of his little glass cage with the uh, the growth frisbee. Uh, there's just like tension and fear. That's the one part of this movie where it's a little stressful, and you actually feel the stakes. It was built up so so well. And at that point, that's that's where Scott Lang is a freaking superhero, right? His his the way he fights is really fun to watch. Uh, you know, grappling, shrinking, quick changes to big and small. Uh the choreography itself, like the fights in choreography, isn't super it, it's not great, you know, it's not like Black Widow stuff. Like even just like little stuff, like you'll see bad guys kind of pause for a second before they get decked in the face. But it's really fun. That scene had really, really good timing. And I do like seeing the the shrink and grow kind of aspect of it.
1: Really, that was actually one of my nits that I was going to talk about.
0: Yeah, that, yeah like, like that.
1: Why? Well, why would he ever get big if that's, if it is that's true? Fair. Like, if it is true that he has so much more force when he's small, like why would he ever get big? Because you can't, you can't block something that's the size of an ant, really, especially when it hits you like a bullet.
0: Yeah, like logically, it doesn't make sense to do that. But, it, but, it's, but it's fun it, to watch.
1: It's cool to see. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's cool to see. Yeah. Uh, we've got, I'm going to do Shielk award for questions for answers to questions that don't need to be asked. So the Hydra guy that Darren sold to, that ran away with the, um, the one vial of, of the pin particles. Did he do anything with that? My thought, I think that's one of the many like little mini Avenger series. Those little adventures that I wish we would have seen in like just a, a limited series, No, like overarching plot. I said this last week, but set between Age of Ultron and Civil War. I just wish we had some kind of series about that, and that would be like one episode, one quick episode. Even if we're like an animated, like you know, like what if, if we're just an animated series, I would enjoy that.
1: That would that'd be a cool way to like start incorporating some of these specials, you know, that they're gonna do. Yeah. Forty-five minute specials, where it's like you just have a really stupid special, where it's just Ant Man tracking this guy down and finding him, or like stealing it back but it's just pure comedy and nothing to it my answer to a question that doesn't need to be asked is so all of these ants you know where do they come from well i think i think that hank Pym, um being the weird mastermind that he is yeah has spent and just a just a freaking weirdo i think he's been traveling the world studying ants ever since his wife left or ever since his wife you know, died, shrunk. Yeah, shrunk. Um, I think that he's been researching ants and has become a biologist. And he's traveling the world looking for the best way to find exclusively ants to use as his personal military. And I think because he has such a big giant house, he also hired the termites. Well, not I guess not hired. He, he took over he the termites. termites. No, he didn't hire them because he didn't pay him. But I think he also took over the termites and then. Because he has a big, huge, giant wooden house, yeah. he used his engineering skills to have the termites burrow out holes in strategic ways, and that's where he keeps all of his ants, is in his big, giant wooden
0: house. He thought about that one. That was good. Yep. <laughs> that was a genius. I had one actually thought that popped up during that when I said she shrunk that leads to another answer to a question that doesn't need to be asked. So, the quantum realm—it's—it's it's just this—you know—you shrink and then you go there. First of all, I don't really understand how that works. It does it like take you to a different dimension, or are you just shrunk it? So if you—if I shrunk right here, all the way to the quantum realm, and then a nuclear bomb went off right here, would I die, or am I in a different, separate universe?
1: That is a good question. Yeah, I don't now, know. Now, I don't know another, answer to that one. No, another my another question of mine is, you know those tardigrades, those like sea bears. Where he's like in the quantum realm and he sees Oh maybe yeah, it's not okay, in this movie. Yeah. No, I well, think that's in the see, second one,
0: but yeah.
1: Yeah, well you can see those in on a microscope. So why are those in the quantum realm?
0: Maybe like, they were. The quantum were realm is supposed to
1: be the quantum realm was supposed to be like smaller than an atom, but those yeah. aren't smaller than an atom. And how it. does he and how does he shrink his atoms to be smaller than a normal atom? That that was if, also one of my questions.
0: If you shrink, how do you travel to where other people are? So if if Janet shrunk over the ocean, would she be still shrunken over there? And if I shrink here, how would I go see her?
1: Yeah, there's got to be some... I, I think some... it's just
0: got to take it a different... To, like when they say quantum realm, it just, it travels, it it brings you to another universe. That's got to be yeah. what I mean. It's The quantum realm is very confusing.
1: That's because it's not real.
0: But... Ah, most fake yeah. things are confusing. Last one we got, Infinity Saga Award for the most frustrating MacGuffin I think the obvious one is um, the 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 little vials that they have, you know, the vials of um, the pin particles that they go to the the building to destroy. cause the point of this movie ultimately is to introduce Scott Lang and then introduce the quantum realm. It's just those two things and everything else is details. So the classic MacGuffin is the the little vials, but way worse, way more frustrating was whatever little thing he stole from the Avengers complex. What was that? I don't even know what it was for. It was I don't. Literally... I
1: honestly don't know.
0: Yeah, I think you I mean, probably mentioned it passing.
1: Yeah, I I kind of assume that I just missed that, but I don't I don't know what that was.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It they, it's just literally like it, he he says. And I think, I think says they refer like, to it as
1: a piece of technology. Yeah,
0: it, we need this one final thing to make this work. Like what what to do? It was literally just a box that existed so that Scott could fight an Avenger and then eventually be introduced in Civil War all right it is time for useless trivia so adam mckay and paul rudd they loved falcon so much after they saw winter soldier together so those two wrote the movie um they they love that character so much they like begged to have him included and that's why he's the one that ant-man fights and really it's the character that makes the most sense too so it, it worked out pretty well uh they didn't really need paul rudd to get to like beef up for this movie he's not like a character like thor cap who really needs to look that swole just you know kind of look thin to look like a, a cat burglar but he 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 did anyway he got in really good shape and he got so jacked that they had to alter the size of the suit and that's really funny really and then they added the funny. shirtless scene too for good measure uh, have for-
1: you, ha- you have to have a shirtless scene in a superhero movie it's not a superhero movie without a shirtless scene
0: is there any male superhero that didn't have a shirtless scene in their introductory movie because even edward think- norton did uh mark ruffalo never did but edward norton did
1: right i don't think i don't think uh sam
0: did that's true and you know what ba- mark ruffalo did have a few shirtless scenes it wasn't showing it off it's just after he showing off the <laughs> hole, he saw his you know harry chess but yeah, yeah uh anthony mackie sam wilson no no shirtless scene that's uh, a huge opportunity everybody does you know special uh darren cross said the pin particles are quote tales to astonish that is the name of the series that introduced ant-man in 1962 is tales of saunas i think number 27 Uh, and then within months he was an avenger one of the founding avengers along with thor hulk iron man and wasp i think that's it garrett morris was the comedian uh he was in the cab when scott fell onto his roof when scott first was getting used to the suit um gary morris was technically the first person ever to play ant-man as part of an snl skit in the 70s i think 79 Do you know <laughs> that one i didn't i did not i don't know any of these dude there you go uh this one's really funny the day they filmed the sh- the the sheep shrinking scene the caterer just happened to bring lamb chops for food <laughs> and like i said it was really awkward uh, one of the potential buyers that cross hosts in the beginning of the movie, he has a 10 rings tattoo. Of course, 10 rings being the group that um, kidnapped Tony. And then we see again in Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. I did but not know that the 10 rings group was the group that kidnapped Tony. I think they were yeah. separate from the Shang-Chi 10 rings. But yeah, they they say explicitly in, in Iron Man, we are the 10 rings. Darren Cross in the comics didn't become yellow jacket until 2016 a year after this movie released probably influenced by the mcu's trajectory as happens a lot Uh, but yellow jacket was an alias used by a few different characters the first of which was hank pym who's also giant man goliath of course ant-man
1: that is interesting i did not know that hank pym had different aliases
0: yeah through different costumes often and then obviously a lot of people have been all those different characters big question can you skip it in your mcu rewatch you go first
1: can you skip it uh that is a good question i would probably say you can skip it you can but you can't the only really the only thing it serves to introduce is that really means something significant aside from introducing ant-man is the quantum realm uh that becomes more important later but that is also more heavily introduced obviously in the second movie so I don't think this movie adds anything aside from the introduction of Scott Lang. Hmm. I don't think this movie adds anything that you absolutely need to see.
0: See, yeah, I, I had a, like I had trouble with this one because on one hand you can totally get from point A to point B without it. It's not part of the main storyline of the MCU. You'd be kind of confused about his role in civil war, but you'd be fine at the end of the day. But more importantly, you can't, you can't really get to the next ant man without this one. I just think you'd be missing too many. There'd be too many holes Uh, If you don't watch that one, you don't understand the quantum realm in Endgame. So in a weird way, it's kind of unskippable, even though it doesn't really feel like that. So it's kind of like, I don't know, on a scale of one to ten, it's like a like a six need to rewatch. Is that fair?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like you need you kind of need to watch it to watch the second one to watch A-Man and the Wasp. But A-Man and the Wasp is the one that you really need to watch before. Yeah. uh, And I felt weird saying that
0: because you figure like every sequel or every movie that has a sequel you need to watch the first one first to get to the sequel yeah that's not necessarily yeah. true you can start you can start an avengers for your captain america viewing and you can get to winter soldier without having seen the first avenger you can see multiverse of madness without having seen doctor strange so i, I just think this one is too important for the trajectory of the second one but i i think ah, I, i'm caught in the middle of this one i think six out of ten is fine so six out of six out of ten, you
1: cannot skip it. Is that what you're saying?
0: <laughs> Maybe four out of ten, you cannot. Between four and six, both can and can't so skip. Five. It's right in the middle. Right in the so middle.
1: So you can't. So you. So you can't not skip it. Is
0: that what you're saying? Yeah, you should watch it though because it's funny. Biggest question though, where does it rank? We got four levels. Number one, is Pantheon. Awesome, dig it and skippable. This doesn't mean skippable, as in you don't need to rewatch it. It's skippable, skippable, as in it sucks and you don't care about rewatching it. Where do you put it?
1: Uh, I'm gonna put it in awesome category. I think it's uh, definitely, definitely not in the pantheon, but I would say it's better than Iron Man two and Thor, or Iron Man three and Thor. It's one of those ones that it's, it's fun to watch. If it had a, if it had a better, a better plot, better development of the villain. And just a, a better villain
0: overall. Maybe it could sneak into that pantheon, but it's not. But it's funny sh- enough
1: to be it's funny enough to be in the awesome.
0: I struggled so much with this one because if it were awesome, it would be the lowest of the awesomes because it's not better than the age of Ultron. And it, it, it really comes down to is it better or worse than Iron Man 3? This one's so tough because it's so removed from the main storyline but it, it inserts itself into the most important plot of the entire franchise the the quantum realm because of that it's it's vastly important now by itself it's hilarious and it's good it's got a good plot it's got a good helping of action not like the fight based action that we're used to something totally different which is fun just in one movie it it brings two new genres into the MCU of course the heist film and the mid 2000s comedy and Paul Rudd is just perfectly cast and somehow fits really well amongst the godlike actors he shares the franchise with. Like when he's standing next to Chris Hemsworth and, and Chris Evans, it's like, he, he's, he's fine. He's just a different character there. And it's got really low stakes. So it's tempting to rank it pretty low, but I love it. So it's hard to rank it that low. Um, so I so settled on Dig It. Just because it's super enjoyable doesn't really mean that it needs to rank the top half. So I got I got it and dig it right behind Iron Man three right above Thor.
1: So you're saying that just because you really like it doesn't mean that you have to make it one of your favorite movies.
0: There's, I'm going beyond favorite movies here. I think when you're ranking, kind of be you, you kind of got to be a little more objective. Because like Iron Man three, I like more than Winter Soldier, but it's not a better movie, right?
1: Okay, I guess I was taking a completely
0: different take on it. But yeah.
1: I see, I see where you're going. Yeah. Like I mean if it, it, if you're going completely objectively, yeah, I would say it's probably in the dig it because it's not the best. It's I would say it's probably middle of the road in terms of movie quality. It has it has some really cool things that they did and,
0: and you know, but
1: in the end it's you know,
0: yeah. Yeah, it it's, you hit it's it on right the there. And I but, I just based on the fact that I put Iron Man 3 and dig it a movie that i love i gotta put A man and dig it too i think yeah
1: see i uh if, if i was going if, if i were the one in charge of this i'm gonna say that you have the wrong opinion because i'm oh, gonna put it no. in awesome i'm gonna put it in awesome because i think it's an awesome movie but there you go. that's just me and i'm allowed to be right and you're allowed to be wrong so
0: that's <laughs> uh, fair i guess i got the wrong opinion buzzer on me this time uh so our rankings as of the end of 2015 now Number one is Avengers, two Iron Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Those are all pantheon. In awesome, we got Captain America, the First Avenger, and Age of Ultron. And dig it, we got Iron Man three and Ant Man and Thor. And then low, low, low on skip it, skippable. Iron Man three of the Dark World and the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Iron Man two, not Iron Man three, but good save. Thank you guys for listening. As always, check out my writing, S-T-A-R-T-E, facts.com. Tweet me at underscore 3 if you hate my wrong opinions. We'll be back next week talking about Civil War. We got Ricky Z back. He is pretty staunchly pro-Captain America. I'm pretty strongly Iron Man. We're going to talk a little bit of comics, a little bit of Frontline mostly their fight in a civil war peace out